Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Recommended Daily Dose, recording live from Sunny, Holy Name Medical Center in Teaneck, New Jersey. You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Surge Sugger, the not-so-average health show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare. Now, I said sunny because, you know, this weather's had me in a, a bad mood. Bad so, mood? Bad mood, yeah. By the way, do you know that my name in Hindi means the sun? The sun? Is, yeah, isn't that very appropriate, I think? Uh, intro you sh- to you shine like the sun. I shine like the sun. My, my head shines when it's sunny outside these days. Because of the lack of hair? But let me ask you a question, man. Why are you in a bad mood? What's going on? It's this, this weather, man. It's been raining almost every day, right? What do you think? Like, every week it's been raining. It's and been then raining. when it's not raining, it's 100 degrees outside. Oh, it's, and it's humid. But, you know, is it just weather? Is it climate? Is it something else we should be talking about? I think, uh, I think it's a matter of time. We put out a lot of shows. I think we really have to maybe address this head on. You know, hopefully this will make me feel better about the weather, you know, instead of me being cranky. Cranky. Um, you know, they call me the king of crank <laughs> as opposed to the king of funk. Can I, can I ask, when they say they, who is that? Your mom? I tend to be cranky, and, and, so and, just, if, if you know, ask. If, if you're a listener and you know that I'm cranky, just, uh, just go ahead and let us know. Let us know, that's right. But today's show, you know, we want to talk about the climate and global warming and how it's impacting our health. Uh, we see a lot of it in the news. Um, and I wanted to read an excerpt from um, the U.S. Global Change Research Program. Um, so this is a, a government... Uh, body who actually I didn't know put together a, a report. You're a G-man now, huh? I'm going to read, actually. You're going to read. You're going to do a reading. All wow. Right, let's do it. Did you read in, in school? Uh, I took Cliff like Notes. Like out loud? I, I read the Cliff Notes. That was nerve-wracking to me. Yeah, reading Even though loud. I could read. You know, Even you though just, you had a nice, soothing, uh, deep voice? Well, it wasn't soothing then. I, it wasn't. I it was squeaky. Until, right. uh, until 21. Well, you know what? Actually, this is going to be somewhat of a serious show, so I'm glad we're getting some of this humor out of the way, but what do you got for me? All right. So this is from, this is the executive summary uh, impacts of climate change on human health in the United States. All so right. climate change is a significant threat to the health of American people. Rising greenhouse gas concentrations result in increases in temperature, changes in precipitation, i.e. I. more rain, right. right? like we're seeing, increases in the frequency and intensity of some extreme weather events. All so right. those are the heat waves, the tornadoes, hurricanes, hurricanes blizzards. Rising sea levels, so right. floods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look in the south on the coastal areas, you can see that there's more uh, incidents of, of flooding. Um, so these climate changes impacts these climate change impacts endanger our health by affecting our food and water sources, the air we breathe, the weather we experience, and our interactions with mm. the built and natural environments. All right. So I think we should preface it. You know, our goal today is not for fear mongering, and we're not making. I'm pretty afraid. After are I you went are all the stuff. But we're also guy, we're but also like, not politically pontificating out here, right? I think whether uh, I know a lot of people out there. Well, it, poli- you know, it, politics is politics, politics and is science politics. is science, right? That's what I love about it. We're looking just at the science right. today. Whether you believe it's man-made, it's natural for the Earth to warm and then cool. The reality, the clear reality that science tells us that the world at current is warming, whether right. it's a normal cycle or it's man-made, we're yeah. not gonna get into, but. The problem with that, it's such a uh, abstract thinking, right? Like, mm. who cares if the weather is getting warm? But, you know, um, it's spoken about in such generalized terms, you right. can't really uh, fathom its impact until now. So we're going to talk about how it actually will affect our, our health right. and mental health, too. Oh, so overall health. So overall I think health. when people say, you know, the world's temperature will be up two degrees Celsius by the end of the century, people can't really 
like you said, it's an abstract kind of thought. What does that mean for me? Who cares? Oh, I'll just, I hate the winter anyway. But you actually, hopefully by the end of the show, will realize that small incremental changes in, in climate uh, overall mean temperatures can mean actually devastating effects for our health. Right. So as Either say, in the short term or long term. Right. Basis. So as I say, knowledge is power. I think we should get this information out there and then talk. You mean I have a lot of power? I'm very knowledgeable. Uh, you are knowledgeable, but I've seen you do push-ups. So, oh. But um, knowledge is power. And then I think afterwards we can talk a little bit about what we as physicians, healthcare providers, hospitals, whatever, as average Joe Schmo can do to prepare for it. So and let's dive in. speaking of average Joe Schmo, we're all at risk, right? So we are all at risk. We're all, we all live on the planet. We all breathe the air. We all feel the same heat. So um, there's certain people populations who you know will disproportionately be affected so i feel like elon musk is probably already i think he's okay he's, he's probably got his okay. flamethrower he, he is he's i already, feel he's like set he, for life i'm thinking he's already got something going on the that's moon why he's Mars. building the underground tunnel and yeah yeah all right so if you're anyway not, if, i doubt elon musk is listening so if you're not elon musk pay attention right so like i said we're all going to be affected but <laughs> some of the people who are affected more are people with low income you know immigrant populations or indigenous people um, always elder, elderly children and pregnant women, people so with So unfortunately, the ones, oftentimes the populations that are at risk for a multitude of diseases, right. right? If we look at like in the ID world, which I exist in, things like tuberculosis always seem to hit the very young, the very old, those that are disproportionately uh, either poor socioeconomic status, whatever. Same thing here, right. right? So why is that? But at the end of the day, it's going to affect us all, right? It's going to affect so, us all, but yeah, sure. Um, so let's start. We're going to break it down by... By topics, so I think the topics. All right. Yeah, the first thing which we know we can feel is the extreme heat, right? So, more frequent days uh, of heat, more heat waves, and so what is a heat wave? What period. is a heat wave, by the way? Do you know? That's when it's hot outside. It's not hot, and, and you have I'm sweating, uh, and then and you when you're at the barbecue. No, it's all actually right. three days in a row above 90 degree temperature. Where do you sweat the most? Uh, I sweat the most for the ladies, probably where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure that we need to uh, actually dive into that, but extreme heat. So if you, if you walk into, <laughs> ask them that question. Right. Exactly. Feel free to call in. All right. So the heat, heat wave. All right. So three days or more uh, with 90 degree temperature. But, you know, just like you have wind chills in the winter, we have the heat index. You take the heat, you take the humidity. So we know we see it every summer, right, where you have outbreaks of high heat, high humidity, this really high heat index. Right. And, you know, you can tell people all you want, go to air-conditioned rooms, stay indoors, water. But again, those that are very young, very old, poor, may not have access to those things. You know, urban settings will open up these uh, water stations, cooling stations, what have you. But if you look at the amount of days, what they call heat index days, days above, uh, you know, heat index above 100, uh, they call ozone action days, whatever it might be, poor air quality, high heat, the number of days per season, per summer, is increasing globally. Right, we had outbreaks recently in Europe. Uh, a friend right. of mine, actually a friend of yours, uh, a very esteemed ENT doctor, was recently in Paris uh, on vacation with his family and told me it was, you know, miserable, 105 degrees uh, every day, which is unheard of uh, wow. in Europe. And if you even look in England, right, where you do, you don't even have air conditioning because they don't need it. Right. They're seeing more and more extreme weather. So let's just take a second here, I think, and, and I think you can dive in. What is the difference between weather and climate? Because people will say, well, it was really cold last winter, so it's really hot now. You know, what is the difference? You tell me. I mean, you, know, you, you can't say that one day was really cold, one day was really hot. So if it's a hot, cold blizzard, the climate change must be a joke. Right. right. So we have to look at overall uh, mathematical computations for over the years. If we look over the last many years globally, I think of the last like, uh, hottest 
uh, last 11, 12 years, nine or 10 of them are the hottest on record. So that can't be a coincidence, right? You can have cold days. You can have snowy days. Well, if you see it graphed out, the chart is, it's, it's, is rising. It's very obvious, right? right? So, again, we're not diving into whether it's man-made, whether it's normal cyclic. of the. It doesn't time. matter. If it's hot, it's hot. But if it's hot, it's hot. And if you're not, you're not, as they say. The prophet Nelly said it best. The prophet <laughs> Did he say that? It's hot in here. It's hot. And hot in her. Oh, hot her. Okay, so. Anyway, um, so th- those are the, the uncomfortable parts of it, like – it's, right. it's hot outside, but th- there are some um, some injury and death related. So obviously, we, we right? talk all the time about heat stroke. Heat right? stroke, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember what episode we did, but we talked about the, was, was the it, summer weather. I and think it might have been the uh, mojitos. You and talked speedos. about your speedos, I, yes. And yes. So, I see my mojitos. So go back and to listen to that one. We talked about you know heat injury and heat stroke and things you can do to prevent that, um, including of recognizing the signs. You know, exactly uh, for yourself as well as for friends you might be outside doors with. And then, and like like we said earlier, it affects more, you know, disproportionately children, older adults, people who work outside. Um, you worked outside, you know, paying for medical school, right? You uh, mowed lawns. Or, I did not, although I did do a summer of caddying in high school. Of who? Caddying for uh, golf. You know, I was oh, a caddy. golf oh. caddy. You're the golf guy. You should yeah. know this. That's interesting. I didn't know yeah, that about see, you. I, Yeah, see, absolutely. Um, I can't play golf, but I was a caddy. It was actually a great job. But... What about those with uh, pre-existing medical conditions? You know, this is always the issue. So right. let's say so, heart failure, right? They have something called CHF. Right. So these these things can exacerbate or make worse these uh, chronic medical problems like heart disease, lung disease, you know, kidney problems. You get dehydrated, diabetes. You always try to throw in the kidneys, huh? Well, it's true. So what happens with the kidneys? Actually, you're talking about like acute uh, um, kidney injury because no, of being dehydrated. It could be as simple as not taking enough water because right. it's too hot. And when it's hot outside, you, your body cools itself down by, you know, losing uh, fluid. So mm-hmm. you can get dehydrated that way. That not only affects the kidneys, but that can affect diabetes. It can def- affect anything. So All right. So we have to know that going forward, there very well may be more days of extreme heat. Right. And I think uh, listeners and everyone out there needs to realize that it's not just the air temperature. It's the air temperature plus the humidity, which gives the heat index. Right. But then you have to add in something else, which is what? The air quality. Right. But also back to extreme heat, you have yeah. more incidence of wildfires, which we're seeing now, right? Oh, so, now we're talking about wildfires. Yeah, mm. wildfires, heat, fire, yeah. So um, that's sort of a, a prep- perpetuating thing where, you know, the heat has, you know, either exacerbated already lit, lit fire or, you know, stopped it from, you know, preventing us to, to, to cool it off or turn it off. Um, but that in itself can lead to more ozone emissions as mm. well. So, so what is it about the ozone? I mean, the people don't realize when they call it ozone days, right? There's a high ozone. Uh, uh, you know, if you go to the Weather Channel, or you go on the news, they'll usually have like ozone action days. But what does that mean? Exactly? Ozone action days? Yeah, I've never I, seen I, that. I'm not making tell me, tell us about that. It's on the news. Well, you know, they actually have the amount of ozone in the air, um, and a lot of that's very difficult for certain people to breathe. If you have underlying, let's say, COPD or emphysema. You have asthma. You can increase your rate of asthma exacerbation. It's just poor air quality. Right. You want to avoid being, let's say, running. I'm a runner. You don't want to run outside between the hours, let's say, 10 and 3. You try, don't want to run in urban settings where you have a lot of release of like emissions from cars, et cetera. You add that. You add the ozone. Uh, you have very poor air quality. So you, I think people, when they look at both the air temperature, the heat index, they have to also look at uh, you know these air quality indexes. Right. And then some days with high ozone levels, it actually can be very detrimental uh, if you have underlying chronic health conditions and people have to be aware of that so i'm glad i taught you about something yeah so speaking of ozone and, and air quality mm-hmm. you know the, the hotter it gets uh you know globally you get more ozone more carbon dioxide 
And this was a aha moment from you know how Oprah has her aha moments. So what are your moments? Your moments are hey yeah. WTF. Moments. So this is a WTF moment. Uh oh. Okay. Can we, can we say that? Anyway, um, so I, I never thought of it like this, but the more ozone, the more carbon dioxide you have, plants like those things. But the particular plants that like those tend to release more allergens. Okay. So ah, so okay. the more ozone, the more carbon dioxide you have, the more allergen. A friendly plant you have, and that raises the uh, pollen counts and makes the allergy season longer. Right. So I had never known that that was a, a thing, but it's it's pretty interesting and it, and it makes sense. So um, outside, you, you know, you're miserable, and even inside, you know, the hotter it is, the more damp it is, the more you get mold, the more allergies, the more asthma. Um, so you know, some things we can do to address that is try to reduce these emissions. So um, you know. We don't we don't have to talk about that because that's more of a uh, you know a community social thing. But uh, I made it a note to try to eat less beef, you know, because cows make a lot of methane. I know you already eat less you know beef I don't eat beef you know, anyway. Believe it or not, you know what percentage of methane is emitted you know in, into the atmosphere comes from cows' rear ends. A lot. Some some people would say more than fifty percent, like twenty five percent. Okay, but this is something I think is fascinating, and I think you should bring up at every cocktail party you go to. Is it? Majority of the methane. While we eat beef, <laughs> I will nibble on vegetables, my friend. Not not you, we. As a, okay. I see, I see. But you know that's that's a story for a different day. But someone might find that having a more vegetable focused diet, which we've talked about numerous times, and how it benefits health, may actually be uh, uh, better for the environment, not only better for us. But that's I think for a discussion for a different day. But you'll see it when you when you look on TV or you um, you see these uh, urban areas where everyone's wearing a mask mm. and you can't see outside because there's so much. You know, air pollution and fog. Well, I tell you, you know, personal story here. Uh, I've seen that firsthand. If you look at some of the mega cities in Southeast Asia, uh, we see it all the time. So, for instance, uh, my family's hometown in New Delhi, India, if you go in the winter, you have such an explosion of industry and growth and GDP, which is all great. But they're adding something like a thousand cars to the road every day. When it gets colder and the fog sets in, you can actually, you know, the fog uh, interacts with the smoke and the pollution. It's actually just the same thing happens in Beijing. Wow. Uh, it's actually, you know, planes get canceled. It's very difficult to breathe. Um, so we're seeing this already uh, set play in uh, certain parts of the world. It's only a matter of time, I think, before we see this in other areas that perhaps aren't used to. You know, we, we remember the smog uh, crises yeah. in L.A. and other places. So you remember the whole idea of acid rain when we were in the 80s. So. These things are not new, but I think uh, all these uh, climate change issues and how it affects health will only be punctuated going forward. Punctuated. You like that word, punctuated? Punctuated. But, uh, the things ahead. we see now, though, are like these extreme weather events, right? So the, the heat waves, which we spoke about, the tornadoes, hurricanes, floods. Um, and like we mentioned before, people on the coasts are, are tend to affect it more, where you have more death, more injury, more illness. But that's just the personal aspect about it. You also have economic damage, right? So you have property loss. Um, you have problems with infrastructure, right? So All infrastructure. So what? Tor like tornado or hurricane, you know, damages power supply, water supply. I think we don't need to look any further than uh, let's go back a few years. Puerto to, Rico. Or right? New Orleans. Yeah. Most recently Puerto Rico, right. New Orleans, right? 1,400 people died. Um, you're right. I mean, this has global reach could be could be and certainly could be catastrophic. So I think we have to, and you know that governments, et cetera, are already thinking about these things and trying to institute uh, safeguards in place. But the idea, again, here is not to uh, 
uh, raise the alarm and, and make people nervous, but just really just the be cognizant of the, the more storms we have, and there's a reason why. Well, cognizant for everything of how climate change and a warmer, uh, wetter planet may influence our health. Um, and it's not just uh, physical, also, right? I think it could be mental as well. Yeah, we'll get to the mental stress. Right. I, that that was the uh, the segue into it. I was stressed out because of the water, but there's way more stress uh, to, Stre- be, to be had. From what your job, kids? No, I'm just saying from global warming oh, in from general. Warming. Yeah. Um, so we we mentioned water, right? And you, you're going to talk about some of the um, water issues, right? So um, I I didn't I failed to realize this What's too. That? The more rain you have. Um, the more tendency you have to have contaminated water, right? So, so if we're the talking, the reason that is yeah. is that um, you have this entity called runoff, right? Runoff, so when it right. rains, extra water from the farm, from you know, you have cattle, livestock there, right? So all that runoff, urban areas. But think about it, dung from the uh, waste products from animals, uh, right. pesticides. It all from mixes the farm, together. All, everything's mixed together, um, and you know, it becomes a perfect breeding ground for infectious diseases. Oh. You know, you knew, you knew it was going to come to that. You he's, knew he's it was sitting coming. back. But just think about, you know, if we talk about in the news, what, what people know, you know, look at Haiti, right? When you have the cholera epidemic, when you have the you know, increasing floods um, and they have a lot of runoff because they have poor tree cover, et cetera. So, but we're talking about a wetter, warmer climate. Uh, we had, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about these waterborne illnesses. Um, so we want to go right to the idea. Huh? Sorry. I like, I like the way you think, I like the way you think. So when we're looking at water, um, so you mentioned cholera. It, cholera is a big what's, one, what's right? What's cholera for our, so our audience? Cholera, you know, is a bacteria that causes extreme watery diarrhea. And you like mud butt style. Mud right. butt is... Do you know mud butt? I, you know, I've never heard of that, okay. but I'm, I'm going to use that from the one. Uh, but it does, and all kidding aside, has been devastating and oftentimes third world research. When for, you're taking a history from a patient, you should reference that. Do you have mud butt? Yes. Is, is, is there any mud butt going on? Okay. I have a couple others. I'm not How long have you had mud butt? <laughs> Sorry. All that kidding aside, it has been a disease that has been uh, devastating to oftentimes resource poor third world type countries. And why? Because it causes severe, severe water diarrhea and leads to dehydration. You've seen pictures of these kids uh, or elderly who very quickly will get the sunken eyes. They'll get what we call bilateral temple wasting. You can see the you can see their bones on their in their scalps. Uh, they can get de- go from normal hydration status to Deathly dehydrated, you know, in a matter of this hours. This is contaminated water. Yeah, oftentimes related to contaminated water. Either standing water, contaminated water, but you have an excess of water, which actually we can talk about, leads to a whole host of other types of infectious diseases. Um, but the idea is that you have to, um, unfortunately right now, oftentimes the wetter, warmest parts of the world are centered where, around the equator. And if right. you look at where wealth is distributed, it oftentimes is distributed as you go more, as you go away from the equator, both right. north and south. So you're talking about the most vulnerable patient populations around. So your cholera is one of them. Other diarrheal diseases, so things like cryptosporidium, which is a type of parasite, different types of bacteria, viruses, you know, I mean, this is, um, we're getting onto the nitty gritty of all the different infectious agents involved there, like E. coli. Uh, you know, we've had multiple E. coli breaks, especially last summer we had, a, it was in the news quite a bit from foodborne illnesses. But this is all a reflection of contaminated water. And right. I think as we see a wetter, warmer climate, as we see um, rising sea levels, the potential for contamination of water, including drinking water, bathing water, et cetera, any water that could possibly be ingested by a human uh, is going to increase. Uh, right. So more dirty water, water, less safe water, right? So Or drinking water. 
Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, governments do a good job of monitoring the water, um, and implementing uh, safety standards. Remember, but this is something we say governments, I mean, these are in countries that have the infrastructure without, to do so. Right. Without again, government. Again, yeah. we're, we're talking about the uh, politically unstable areas. We're talking about the areas with the most uh, uh, vulnerable populations, oftentimes the poorer countries, the countries with already warmer water, right. uh, warmer you, weather as it is. If you watch the news, you sometimes see conflicts over, over clean water. So right. you know what? This leads to the idea, will water be the new oil in the 21st or 26th, 22nd century? Yeah. I mean, we're, there's a lot of talk now about water um, scarcity, right? Water right. security. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's always been a, um, a, a high commodity, especially for people who can't afford clean drinking water. So I think that problem will only get worse in the future, especially with uh, the issues with the, the warming climate. Um, you know, water's one thing, but food's another thing, right? So, um, you know, the more precipitation, hot weather we have, the more weeds we get, the more insects leads to more pesticide use. You get more foodborne illnesses. So I don't, I don't know if that's on your list of uh, any well, infectious. Well, you mentioned stuff. insects. Um, you know, that leads a whole host of infectious diseases. A host, yes. You like that? You get the whole idea. So. In the ID world, you know, I don't have uh, fancy terminology like uh, mud butt, but we say vector-borne illnesses. Vector-borne. Vector-borne. So vector-borne means diseases that are spread through a vector, oftentimes being mosquitoes. So I'm going to name a few. You let me know if you've heard of these or not. Me? Yeah. Okay. Malaria. I got it. So malaria, right? The Anopheles mosquito. Had that. Dengue. Aedes aegypti. See how this is all great for cocktail parties. Um, Had that in the 90s. And it, same same uh, vector spreads chikungunya. Say that five times fast. Always. And even Zika, which, of course, made the news several years ago after the World Cup and has made its way around the world to South America, up through Central America, and then we started seeing it in other parts as well. So the idea is that as you have a warmer climate, you're going to have what? You're going to have a wetter climate. You're going to have a spread of these mosquitoes, of these vectors, and their natural habitat. So therefore, you're going to have a spread of these diseases uh, uh, into areas that were otherwise not afflicted. So we're seeing already malaria in higher latitudes. Usually when people go to different pla- uh, countries that are malaria um, endemic, they'll come to me and say, you know, doc, do I need prophylaxis? Do I right. take medications? And I'll usually ask them where in the country you're going to, but depending on what altitude they're going to be at, there really is no need. The mosquitoes aren't, cannot. So you think that that uh, map is going to expand to places where we usually map, don't see malaria? The World Health Organization, the, the, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, has the yellow book. It's, it's online. It's actually a great resource. So one day we'll have malaria and Zika and Teaneck. Uh, I hope not. But you know what? Remember, turn of the century, uh, we, had, uh, we had malaria. We had dengue all over the southeast coast on the Gulf of Mexico uh, through uh, irrigation policies, through um, proper water damming, et cetera. We were able to get rid of most of it. Now you start seeing some of the dengue coming back through the Caribbean to the Florida Keys of southern Florida, all presumably as a result of warmer climates, right? So now you have expanded the uh, environmental conditions of where these mosquitoes can thrive. And it's not just these diseases. I mean, think about Lyme disease. Lyme disease as well. Yeah, yeah. Lyme is spreading its geography while it's normally localized in the mid-Atlantic Northeast right. and a little bit like in Wisconsin, Minnesota. If you look at the map of where it's being reported, it's certainly spreading to other areas. One only has to ask, uh, surmise that this is a result of, you know, uh, later falls and earlier springs. You have longer breeding seasons, longer seasons for these ticks to survive. I see an awful lot of deers in my neighborhood. Oh, we have we have a family of deers in our backyard. I'm sorry. 
PETA. I hate deers. <laughs> they 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 poop all over the place. Some have mud butt, and then they they eat my my plants. And they eat your plants, and and then know, they carry. Ticks. And what I tell people: where you see deer, you will see ticks. I mean, ticks are kind of they use them as an intermediate host. They kind of hitch a ride on the deer. They actually feed off rodents and other animals. But um, you're right. I mean, so we we live in endemic area, so we see all these tick-borne illnesses, uh, Lyme disease, anaplasmosis, but just like you'll see malaria spread from like the warmer climates to right. here, you'll see Lyme disease spread from here to. We're already seeing it spread north into Canada. There's reports of these now crossing from you know usually you think about Connecticut when you get into new, farther New England, New Hampshire, Vermont, you really don't think about these uh, tick-borne illnesses so much as you do with like in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and our area. Uh, we're already seeing now Lyme disease and these other tick-borne illnesses spreading further north as a result of warmer temperatures. So it's something certainly that, you know... So you can't even move to a place that's safe. You know, if you go to Siberia, there's a lot of insects. I think it's a tough place. I don't know where's the right place to go. Greenland's probably melting. You can't go there. I think I'd be okay if I was in, uh, like, Malibu, though. Malibu. I, th- I think I can make myself oh, comfortable there. Probably get floods or tornadoes or something. Well, I can't afford Malibu, um, so that's, uh, that's not an issue. Also about food, uh, we mentioned the, the foodborne illnesses and, um, you know, pesticide use, but also, you know, it, crops are reliant on a certain level of, uh, of heat, right? So warmer temperatures make it more difficult to grow crops. You also get more spoilage. Um, and then more carbon dioxide in the air can affect the nutritional content of food, which I didn't realize. No, actually, I didn't. What, yeah. You could, I, be I don't know the you, you could be making this up for all I know, because I really don't know anything about well, this. I got that from the U.S. Oh, Global Health. Uh-oh. He's shuffling papers. Research program. Um, <laughs> so you're saying the increase. It's science. You can't, you can't argue with you it. You can't argue with science. So more CO2. Right. Less protein and other minerals you have. That's interesting. I, I was so I'll get back to you about the details. About I look that, forward but, to it. Uh, look, look forward to an addendum here. to a. Uh, but also simple things like getting food from one place to the other is effective if the weather is terrible, right? So if it's, if it's too, too hot outside or if there's storms, you know, you can't get you know, food from point A to point B. So it's, it's pretty simple things that we, you know, we tend to not think about. So we're going to have less safe drinking water and less food, so, um, which leads to our next concept of Uh-oh. you know mental health and well-being right so yeah so i think you know a lot of times we always uh, or not we always that people uh, separate mental health from physiological health but it's all interrelated right so we know that mental health issues are so so important we talked about in the past on the show about depression and other things adhd and other uh, mental health issues but um how do you think climate change will affect well you know uh, like mental status is dependent on weather already right so winter months people get more depressed summer months people get uh you know less depressed but i think um the extreme changes in temperature i'll have to tell you though i mean i find that when it's cool outside and i can put my corduroys on corduroys and i can drink a a turtleneck and i can drink where where does one get a pumpkin latte from starbucks i feel very happy i'm just gonna put it out there you know, I had a conversation so you see with somebody, someone. or hear somebody walking down the hallway with corduroys, corduroys and pumpkin spice latte and a nice turtleneck. I mean, I'm just saying, I, you know, I feel very happy. You it have makes a me right happy. to. All right, never mind. All right, um, don't the, don't lock it. Anyway, so, <laughs> but you're right. You're talking about, I think it's called uh, seasonal affective disorder. Right. Right. So, right. what is that? That's, but, that's basically after the holidays. What's what's going on with that? Uh, it's just the the ups and downs during the the year as far as your mood. Okay. But this is a whole different animal, right? This is not just regular stress, but this is like 
you know, post-traumatic stress from, mm. you know, some extreme weather event or a flood or, you know, or, or something as simple as not being able to go out and exercise. Uh, your level of activity is decreased because it's so hot outside or, you know, perfect it's example, raining. Perfect or, example, I won a run yesterday. Right. Uh, was ridiculous. I won to play it, golf. It, I can't. It's, not, it's unhealthy. 99 degrees. I actually, I actually looked because uh, we talked about the ozone uh, levels were unhealthy. The air quality levels were unhealthy, and I read like a hamster on a treadmill. Right. and was very upset about it. So we're staying inside more, and that's not a, a happy thing to do. So what do you do? You played Xbox, uh, PS, Madden, PS4, Madden Twenty. Okay, PS4. Um, but so that's on an individual basis. But the community health is right. an issue, right? So you know when it, when the, we know when the summer. You don't know, but in where where I grew up in the summer, um, you know. You know, people. More people are outside. More people get uh, more violent, and there's more crime. Was that West there's Philadelphia? Some, born West, and raised. Born and raised. Okay. On a on a playground. The playground. <laughs> is where I spent most of my the days. days. Um, no, but look, we're making some jokes here, but this is a very serious topic. I think it's good to, to you know take a step back and be a little light about it. But you're so so right. I mean, the mental health issues are paramount, and I think uh, one can only surmise that with. Um, uh, you know, more extremes in weather, more extremes in temperature and precipitation, that this will only punctuate um, uh, uh, either pre-existing mental health issues or, you know, anxiety and everything right. else, which, you know, is a normal part of the human evolutionary process. So, right. I, I, in other words, I think we have to be prepared for it. We have right. to have people to understand that there could be days where, let's remember, we all uh, went through Hurricane Sandy here in northern New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, I was without power for five, six days. Some My people, basement flooded. Some people were without flour for, you know, power, excuse me, for weeks. So that is a stressful event. So yeah. I think people have to realize that and prepare ahead of time that these type of stressful events could increase in their uh, frequency over time. And that can affect your individual, you know, psychological state, but also your relationships, right? And that can lead to a whole social instability where, you know, everyone's upset and there's conflict and... People have to move from one place to the other, which we see, right? Some forced migration, refugees. Those can be affected, whether they're political refugees. So we talk about or, political refugees. Or uh, even environmental. environmental or, or, no, that's a, that's a fascinating, um, actually, topic and very timely. Right. I think out of the uh, uh, bounds of what we can discuss today, but, you know, the idea that it's not just political refugees, it's not, you know, poverty. Um, I think environmental refugees and, and people who are fleeing, uh, let's say, drought conditions, lack of water, uh, extreme heat, extreme cold, uh, certainly could be something that we would see. And I think uh, it's something that, uh, given our current political climate, we're trying to stay away from this hot-button topic, but, you know, I think it would do well for all of us as a society to talk about how we were going to handle that in the future. Yeah, I, I think um, that's a good point. Um, this is deep. You know, I just saw, uh, what was that, World War Z? You said movie World War Z with Brad Pitt? They actually had some How data. does that relate to this? Well, I mean, because the idea, now that's, of course, uh, we're talking about zombie, zombie, Armageddon. zombie refugees. But, you know, the, it's just a movie. <laughs> but it was also talking about how borders were being, uh, again, this is a movie, but borders were being uh, abolished very quickly uh, be, based on what's going on in humanity. So similarly now, you know, we may see that going forward. I mean, I think it's something that we have to at least plant a seed in the back of our minds to think about. So says the Indian Brad Pitt, right? There we go. Well, I, he has nice hair. But yeah. Can you get implants like that? Next. Next. All right. Um, you know, so, we, we've been chatting for a while, though, but what do you think we, I think, I think clearly we've talked about all the different possibilities uh, uh, of what science is now predicting what could happen, but what do you think we should be doing as physicians, as healthcare providers, as hospitals, as community health leaders to prepare for this? I, I think just on an individual right. uh, basis, just to educate ourselves, because a lot of the stuff I didn't realize was an issue. 
Um, but just knowing like the things that you do on a day-to-day basis um, can affect you know everyone else. So you know reducing emissions helps. Things you eat help. Um, also being cognizant of you know water, safe water, drinking water, food. Um, in society, well, our government has done a you know a reasonably good job about uh, getting the message out there when there's contaminated water or food sources. Right. So I think that will continue. So just be aware that these things exist. Um, you know, and I, I think just being cognizant of that is you know the best that we can do right now uh, until you know the political climate changes. Um, and just know that the days where there's re- it's really hot weather outside, just to you know. Dress appropriately. Stay inside if you so can. So we can disseminate information, fluids, but I think things I, like that, simple things like sure, that. Sure, but I think as time goes forward, we also not only just disseminating information. I think we that's where I, you know, I have a public health background. I think this is where public health comes in into play and and health policies. But I think know, the more people know about the problem, sure, and how it's actually a, a real, you know, tangible problem. You know, I think that'll change the the mindset. And once the community's mindset changes, I think. Everything it's, else falls into place. You know, it's the whole idea of thinking globally, right. acting locally. C- can you wow. think of a better way to end our our very heated, get it, heated uh, discussion He's today? Roll. He's on a roll. Uh, Indian than, Brad Pitt than, is on a roll. Indian Brad Pitt's on a roll. Then this very nice thought process. But, I mean, I have to tell you, we had a little bit of fun with the, a very serious topic. But I was very pleased uh, to discuss this today. And I hope uh, the audience out there at least found it interesting because I think this is something that people don't always talk about. Right. So about, we'll, we'll yeah. post some more information online, but, um, you know, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe and rate us, um, spread the message that this is an important topic. Um, you can also follow us on at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose. We'll see you soon. And you have to say, I just have to say that, you know, again, Think oh, your globally. catchphrase. Oh, my oh, catchphrase. Oh, don't do that one. Yeah. Think globally, act locally. You, uh, I, I think yeah. that's a great way. But anywhere else they can find we us, by the way. President. I think, uh, are we on Instagram as well these days? Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, too. I think so. Are you, are you the one controlling that? I didn't uh, even know we had a Twitter account. Oh, yeah, we have a Twitter account. All right, excellent. So listen, until next time, stay cool, stay hydrated. I'm your co-host, Dr. Surd Sugger. Dr. Clinton Coleman. Until next time, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose.